of the tape for this, our main event of the evening. We introduce the champion, Chris, the West Side Strangler Brennan. Let's get it all! I think 25 is like a, a, all 45, 35. Yeah. One guy that's a 70, but he's brand new. Right. Uh, the other guys are, I don't have a lot of fighters. I have a ton of students sure. and five fighters. That's how it should be. In California, yeah. man, I had 150 students and 20 pros. Right. And now it's the opposite. I got yeah. hundreds of, of jujitsu guys. Well, those are the guys that pay the bills. You know, I, I know a lot of guys toil in this martial arts business, but... Yeah. It's a profitable thing, you know, and I didn't know that until I started yeah. working with Tim Crater and oh, yeah. Tim's got a I great gym and all of his guys have branched off. You know, my, my buddy Aaron Phillips, he's, uh, that's my wife, turn her call. Um, yeah, my buddy Aaron Phillips owns a gym. He's, he's heading up here. He's going to train with me tonight, but, uh, I mean, money to be made. Yeah, that's how you got to do it. You're, uh, you're training at Fortis or doing your camps at Fortis? I, I only come in on like Mondays and Tuesdays and I okay. finish up the rest of the, my work at home with my guys but I come in and pretty much just push into these guys on Monday and Tuesday nice. and uh, it's a get, good room. Get, get the hard rounds yeah it's it's a good room and that's the thing sometimes in Houston there's a great scene and you can bounce around and find some good work but sometimes it's good to just be a part of something and that's kind of what I found here and yeah, I didn't realize you moved to Texas. How long have you been in Texas? Uh, I bought my house in 2019. Okay. And me and my wife, we first moved in 2017. So, But I've been bouncing around. I moved to Houston kind of to be in a centralized location, three-hour drive to Lafayette, three-hour drive to Dallas, three, you know, it's right. kind of somewhere where I could get everywhere. And plus the George Bush International Airport is 15 yeah. minutes from my home, so Sweet. I could fly anywhere. Guys, we're obviously already in the conversation. This is Matt Schnell. Um, Matt's got a fight coming up in 10 or 11 days in UFC on the Ortega Yair card, right? Yeah, yeah it's going to be a, a great night of fights. Um, first time I talked to Matt, I messaged him after one of his fights, um, just trying to compliment him on his. I was impressed by the, the technique and his striking technique and your, your range and everything, your head movement. It was impressive. And uh, I, I knew you were from the local area, Louisiana, Texas area. Yeah. And uh, you remember that? Yeah, okay. absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, you know, we, we actually do have some some roots. Uh, you instructed Jordan Pulliam. Yep. Do you know who? Yeah, you, Jordan's kids down there right now. Oh no way! Yeah. Does Jordan live in Frisco now? Um, I don't. I think he lives here. Okay. He trained here for quite a while. I see. He trained me in California. I, I wondered where he where he was. Yeah, he trained me in California for years, and then I moved here. And the next thing you know, I heard he was in Louisiana. Yep. And he messages me one day and he says, hey, uh, I'm in Louisiana. Can I come get some privates from you today yeah. or yeah. This, this weekend? I said, sure. He goes, I'll bring a couple buddies. I was all right. I'm in my garage at the uh -huh. time. I didn't open a gym yet. He rolls up in a minivan and four dudes his size get out of the car and the car <laughs> raises up like a foot and a half. Yeah. He has a guy that's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, but he has competed in the world's strongest man contest. Wow. And man, it was, it was two hours of mayhem in my garage yeah. <laughs> than me, you know. Well, and, uh, back in that time, you know the deal. Like I, I tell people all the time, kind of the story of how I got started. I literally graduated from high school and and found that gym, walked in, started fighting people, and that's that's how it all began. You know, the gym in Louisiana. The gym in Louisiana. Okay, I, so I came out there Williams and taught a gym. seminar one time. That, that's right, and I missed it. I was I think I made my amateur debut, and we were trying to jam back to get to your seminar. I missed the seminar. 
but you went over a bunch of front headlock series yeah. things, uh, Darces, guillotines, yeah. and even to this day, like I think that the seminar that you taught, I got I got there late and I didn't get to be to be at the seminar, but I made somebody show me the, the stuff that we went over. The stuff that we <laughs> nice. went over, and I, I nice. think that even to this day, my my front headlock series is probably influenced by you. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, born in Louisiana, grew grew up and raised there. Uh, born in Mississippi, but okay. spent most of my life in Louisiana. My dad was in the military, so I was born in Amory, Mississippi, but spent the majority of my life in Louisiana, bouncing between my mom and dad here and there. But yes, m mostly in Louisiana. Grew up fighting. Uh, the fight scene I came up with and was this region: Louisiana, Dallas, okay. Texas, uh, Houston. Sports in high school. Played football, ran track, uh, a little bit of wrestling. Wrestled my freshman year in high school when I lived in Florida with my dad. And then when I moved back to Louisiana, there was no wrestling. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Other schools had wrestling programs, but mine didn't, so I, I ran track. You wish you did? I wish I did. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah. I started wrestling as soon as I had three decision losses to wrestlers. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, better, better start wrestling. Better start, yeah. And uh, it's definitely a the dictator of where the fight takes place absolutely and even even my small background in wrestling when i started it made me stand out amongst the, yeah. the other guys that were just yeah. starting because i i had somewhat of a base though i lost it quickly as, as soon as i learned uh any type of thing off my back that's where i was because yeah. the, predominantly over my amateur career i was i was grappling a lot off my back yeah that'll happen yeah uh, and it, but a small amount of wrestling, like my son Lucas has only wrestled, he only wrestled four years in high school, but he's yet to have somebody not be able to or be able to get back up once he's got sure. the takedown. You know, yeah. it's it's pretty dominant. So it's uh, it's definitely a part of a game plan. And you see it kind of everyone gets away from it now. The style I, I talk about a lot, the MMA style is a style, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah. it's strike, strike, strike. If you get taken down, try to get back up. You know, not a lot of people trying to take you down to submit you, right. trying to take you down to win a round, yep. you know, and, and whatnot. So it's, if you get specialists, specialists in certain things, you know, it's, uh, and they can make it happen. Typically they're better than that person in that area. Um, but, but it's tough now to hold people down. It's to really tough to hold people down. And, is. you know, coming up in Louisiana, we learned how to do jujitsu. And I didn't right. learn how to uh, wrestle very well, but when I moved out to South Florida, that's something I realized, like my jujitsu could carry me because it was that much better than guys. But those guys were winning rounds, stealing rounds. They were concerned with mixing in the strikes with the takedowns. And that's, yeah. that's what I learned out there at American Top Team because I was, I was going with guys and it's like, I'm doing great stuff, but they're probably still eking out the rounds because they're scoring takedowns and they're just holding me down. They know what they're right. doing. Of course I'm better. But it, it, it's just something that's kind of shaped me over time. But, and, and we get away from the things we're good at. Even yeah. guys that are really good at wrestling, they start striking and then they oh, stop they wrestling. Oh, power, right? <laughs> it's like there's so many good wrestlers that fell in love with their power and rarely wrestled again. Yeah. Some jiu-jitsu guys did the same thing. I'm, I'm advanced in my martial arts career. I'm 32 years old. I'm about to fight my 12th fight in the UFC. And uh, it's, it's just funny to think that at some point my skills in certain areas were sharper because I grappled so much more off right. of my back because that was such a part of my game. And it's not as much anymore. And though I'll still snag you up down there, I'm yeah. not as good as I used to be. That's interesting. Yeah. Your, your striking's obviously gotten to a, a whole new level, right? I mean, you, you didn't strike first. 
I grappled first. Yeah. I grappled first. I uh, Jordan's gym. We we were predominantly grapplers, but my first instructor, his name was Brent Mason, and he's still teaching guys to fight in Shreveport, Louisiana. Has his own spot, but he was from a boxing base, so it was boxing and jujitsu, and. Uh, Honestly, we we just get into a dirty, dingy room and fight each other, a yeah. bunch of dudes, and that's how that's how we that's did it. That's a good way to get yeah. tough and get better. Duke it out uh, until until uh, you know last man standing. Where did you get the majority of your striking there, or just over time? I, I, over time, yeah. Like your uh, footwork and head movement is is really good. I appreciate and, that. And yeah. every time I watch it, it's not you don't move quite as much as Dominic Cruz, which is a good thing, but you move like him and enough to where your, your head movement and stuff is very interestingly you know, enough i mean he was one of one of my main influences not that i i wasn't learning how to fight in shreveport louisiana but it was a lot of like me watching yeah. people that i admired me trying to emulate that and make it my own based on what i was learning but uh, i started kickboxing brent brent uh brent wanted me to box as an amateur too so we we did some kickboxing I boxed as an amateur. I won two novice Golden Glove titles, and I that that brought things around for me really well. Just putting myself in that competitive sphere, right. and it reminded me a lot of, of wrestling, like amateur USA boxing, because you go to this place, you fight three times, yeah, multiple fights, in the multiple USA fights boxing, right? at the yeah. US, and, and it was it was just great experience. And I remember coming from that, going back to MMA, just having a lot more confidence. With, with my striking and really didn't fight that many fights. I think I, I think I did five on the books and, and one like smoker deal of just just boxing. Yeah. And uh, that's not a lot of experience, but it, it definitely brought me along. Oh, and then sure. since then traveling, I, I traveled, you know, worked with multiple striking coaches all over the world. I, I, I did like eight weeks in Thailand. Oh, nice. Where'd you train in Thailand? Uh, Phuket top team between nice. Phuket top team and uh, I was staying really close to Sinbi so we were really doing a lot of Muay Thai at Sinbi and we go and grapple at Phuket top team okay. like once or twice sweet during the day so sweet. I know Mike Swick's got a really nice place out there that yeah. aka I, I ran into Mike Swick out there he oh, had he hadn't built the gym yet this was oh. this was like 2013 okay but I, I remember seeing him out there I shook his hand and he said he was coming with something and man yeah, they, they seem to be doing well he had a, he's got a beautiful place and then just added on a whole new section to the to the spot but it's i've never been but looking at it looks, looks pretty cool. amazing we should all that. just <laughs> pack up and go i'm down can't we <laughs> yeah my wife wouldn't like it very much but i'm down um did you so when you're training jiu-jitsu and stuff did you compete at all competed yeah A little bit. uh just local stuff the louisiana open arkansas opens houston yeah. opens things like that I, I would bounce around and always did well and i i honestly think that uh some when I started training, I trained for over a year before I took my first fight, and I wanted to fight. Right. And all the guys that I was coming up with, they would like they'd be there for two weeks and they'd fight. Right. <laughs> but Brent, my my coach, he held me to a different standard. He wanted me to have time to develop a little bit, and so I grappled a lot. And thank thank goodness for it because I don't come from a background of excellence, and I talk about that a lot. My some people don't like it because they think I'm talking down on myself, and I'm not. But uh, I just had to learn how to win, yeah. and I learned. I taught myself to win through grappling tournaments because I'd show up to these things and we'd wrestle 13 times that day, and right. I'd get my hand raised 13 times and be nice. like, "That's that's what I'm talking about." Because so, I I didn't know I could win coming from other sports. Being sure. a small guy, I always competed hard, but that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I asked that question because people comment on Lucas how comfortable he was his first fight, but he had 
over 300 jujitsu and wrestling matches before his, he took his first fight. And he fought his first fight at 17. You know, as an amateur, he fought twice at 17 against a 27 or 28-year-old guy yeah. and choked him, whatever. But he was just so comfortable. We were talking like this between rounds, and he had never been in a fight in his life. Yeah. You know, he was a, a chill kid and whatever, so it was always mind-blowing to me, but it had to be the comfort of just getting out and competing constantly. And, and I think you being in that role, too, because <clears throat> though he's been coached by other people, just there is that comfortability of having you there. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily have that, so it, it – you know, it wasn't it wasn't smooth sailing. I, I I was early on really comfortable, and I think it's because I grappled so much and competed a lot right. coming up as as a young guy too. Knew how to compete, but yeah, I've I've had to I've had to figure this thing out. You know, one step at a time, and I'm still figuring it out. You say I'm your still. coach held you to a different standard than the other guys, but how many of those guys ended up in the UFC? None of them. That's right. <laughs> That's so right. Yeah, it was probably a good thing. And, and coincidentally, Brent, you know, he he always believed in me, and I. You know, I appreciate that about him. He was the first person to ever tell me, like, hey, kid, we might have something here. Right. So you can do this. Yeah. Where do you train? Where are you training in Houston? In Houston, I bounce between a bunch of different gyms, but I, I have my main coach, main coaches, and that's Eve Edwards okay. has been helping me out a lot here lately. And he teaches at Heritage Muay Thai. And then my kickboxing coach, he bounces around with me everywhere we go. Uh, his name's Alex Chang. And he's kind of the he's kind of the mad scientist behind it all. We awesome. we've been cooking up some good stuff, me and Chang. But uh, and then I come out here, Coach Safe. Uh, he's kind of the general at the top of the hill, pointing in the direction to go, and uh, we we trying to head in that direction. But it's it's a good little squad. For for me, I've always kind of had the same types of people in. Like there's roles that people fit in, and I try to keep my guys as close to me. And and right. uh, over time, things change, but. I haven't I haven't burnt a bridge with anybody anybody I've ever worked with we we still cool so. good now me and Eve go way back yeah way back he's he, a man me and him were supposed to fight and uh, for some reason I thought y'all did I was looking at your record yeah on, on my way here and I was like I thought he fought Eve I fought everybody but him yeah <laughs> but nine days before the fight I took a shot on one of my guys that was throwing a kick and I got caught and split open I ended up with fourteen stitches yo. And my friend Jeremy stepped in and replaced me um, on on nine days. He ended up winning a decision, but it was asking about the fight. It was called Wet and Wild. It was in it was outdoors and it was raining. Oh and they were goodness. fighting in King of the Cage outdoors in the rain. They both slipped on head kicks and fell to their butt at least four times in the fight. <laughs> the only the only reason Jeremy won, I, all three rounds ended with him with even a triangle, uh, and, and but it was just it was so competitive, but it was just sloppy and right. and all over the place. It was called King of the Cage, Wet and Wild. King of the Cage, Wet and He'll Wild. In the <laughs> yeah, I bet he will. I'm gonna ask him about that. He's a stud, man. I always uh, I always enjoy watching him fight from way back. He's a bright guy too. I mean, oh, really, yeah. really. Um, for me, <clears throat> just kind of fill, fills in the gaps. You know, I feel like over time, I've been in front of so much and learned so much more. I, I, I've forgotten more about it than I display on a, on a nightly basis. <laughs> uh, but sometimes having a guy like Eve or even yourself, like we, we could get to work and I'd be like, I've done this, you know, I, rem I, I know what you're talking about here. Right. I remember this and, and we could catch on pretty quick. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's how it is with Eve. He's always filling in the gaps for me, kind of tightening my game. And nice. it's been good. It's been really good. So started fighting, moving along fairly quickly. And then you ended up, how did you end up on season 24 of The Ultimate Fighter? Uh, that, it, was, it was interesting because 
um, they, they reached out to me. That was the season that there were no tryouts. That it was okay. it was invite only type of thing. So I at the time I was the interim legacy champion, and the the season was the, Is that when they had all the champions. All the champions. Oh, okay, okay, right. yes. So, so uh, Damasio was the it was the real well. He was the champ, uh-huh. but before we fought, he got hurt, so I ended up fighting Clayton Mai, and that's how I won the title. And Clayton had actually beaten me before, so it was, a, it was a big win for me. And coming off of that, I figured I was the legacy champ. I was, I was on a seven-fight win streak, and I had finished everybody, too. It was like seven fights in a row, seven finishes in a row. I was like, I'm, I'm going to get in the UFC, right. surely. And then one day, my phone rang, and they were like, it's, it's going to be the ultimate fighter. And it, it wasn't the route I wanted to take. I wanted to march right in there, but... Right. I'm thankful I did. It was a good experience overall, and I think everything came along the way it needed to. So how? <laughs> that's six weeks, correct? Six weeks. How was that? It was, it was as hard as anything I've ever done. Yeah. Honestly, and I, I thought that uh, I I believed that I had because that I I'd spent so much time away from my family. I was in a long distance relationship. I believed that I was predisposed to the types of pressures I would be under. And because of that, I had an advantage. Nice. But I got in that house, and I was wrong. I, I was sweating bullets the whole time, having trouble sleeping, missing my girl, missing my family, just missing being in contact. And it, it, it really did. It, it, had, it had an effect on they me. They take everything away, right? Yep. Like, you don't get, there's no, no phone, no TV. Well, yeah, maybe TV, but, but basically they, they'd no let us, They'd let us watch the fights. Uh-huh. And, and it was cool while we were in while we were in there because there were fights every weekend at the time it, it had been one of those times we had gotten into that moment when it was like fights every weekend so we got to look forward to that and watch the fights and that was cool but it was it was tough it was tough and, and going into it there's cliches people say they're like listen the best guy's not going to win this the most focused guy's going to win this and they they were very right and look at the monsters that came off of that season yeah. kai uh uh Brandon Moreno, obviously, uh, Tim Elliott won the season, but then there was Pantoja. He was the number one seed. Uh, I mean, just just a, a who's who of, of absolute murderers. And then Tim Tim was the guy who he was focused and he got it done. And we were just at Glory for Luke's last camp for a little bit, and uh, Tim and Brandon are both there training yeah. together every day. And I thought that was interesting, yeah. you know, because at some point they could possibly run into each other yeah, tim always spoke highly of brandon i did some time with brandon moreno in mexico city too so i'm familiar oh nice and brandon was on that season and we were all really cool but i remember during this season tim was like let me tell y'all something this kid brandon moreno he He's ain't real. <laughs> he ain't the one y'all want all you guys calling for matchups on on the finale why don't you leave his name out of your mouth because he's a killer and he he is he really yeah. is I was watching him train. He's every day we showed up, we'd show up 30 minutes early, and both of them were already there sweating. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it was it's it was pretty in, intense. There it was every day at 10 o'clock, 50 fighters on the mat. Yeah, 50 every day at 10 o'clock, and and 20 of them in the UFC. You know, I was like, holy smokes! You know, um, what a great group too. Oh yeah. For me, I, it's it's a group that I look to often and i i like i like that group of guys i think yeah. i think james, james Krause has done a good job and also not 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 necessarily a destination city either it's right. ha- it's hard to command such a crowd like oh this yeah. is, this is dallas and coach safe's room is deep too uh but it's it's dallas texas right. you know it is still somewhat of a destination <laughs> yeah. there is a nightlife here there are pretty women but kansas city missouri 
That's yeah. not exactly the place that uh, Lee's Summit. He's not even in. It's oh, off the side of Kansas right. City. Lee's right. Summit. It's um, yeah. it's a jaunt to get to anywhere from there. Mm. And that's what I thought was crazy because there are guys, you know, um, the kid from Ireland. Uh, he's there. Bellator kid. Yeah, Can't yeah. He, him and Lucas trained a lot mm. while they're there. Um, and and then uh, guys just moving in from all over the place. I had a kid from here that was from up that direction move home. And then while we were there, he moved to Lee's Summit just to train there full time. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it's, you know, there's a, a lot of, uh, I talked to Roly, you know Roly Delgado? Roly Delgado, yeah. Talked to Roly while I was there because TJ goes up there and then Bryce had been there once and he said, yeah, those are, you know, they're destination gyms. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, all the guys in there were trained by guys like me and you and they all came together and now there's just a bunch of killers in one spot. Yeah, and, and I, was like, I, I think yeah. that, you know, obviously, there, there's that's hard that's hard that's a hard pill to swallow as a guy who wants to cultivate talent and build guys up sure but it, it is almost a necessary evil too and i feel like they they always come back yeah. you know like yeah. for, for me like i'm back home i'm I, I i lived at american top team i've done that and sometimes i do miss that and i'm, I'm i find myself thinking like maybe i should get back to an American top team or something like that. And that, that's what made me seek out Fortis is just to get in that room and, and push into those guys. But uh, I don't know. For I, sure it's a, it's a game changer as far as the level that you train with regularly. Mm -hmm. You know, I, Luke had a tough guy coming up this last, this last camp. We hadn't gone anywhere except for we go to Arkansas, train with Bryce and TJ, okay. or Levi comes over and trains on Sundays with mm -hmm. the Sparse, and that's it he just runs through everybody else here. Yeah. And I was in a kind of panic. I'm like, man, we aren't training with anybody. Gotta find you, this know? Guy, you got a tough guy. And within three days, we packed our bags and went to glory for a week and just walked in and, and you know, train with some, some killers. We'll spend, you know, half his next camp there. And you can see Lucas can hang and, and he's, he's a talented kid. He can hold his own. He can, but he was, <clears throat> he was a deer in headlights mm -hmm. for the first little bit because of the pace yep. and everybody was after him the next guy and I say you know why I said they don't give a shit who you are the next guy's you too and the next guy's you too you know there's 20 guys in the UFC here they don't care who you are they're not worried about it either like yeah. don't worry about who's next because even if you win that round you're gonna lose the next round right. you know and and they weren't they weren't no one's jerks no one even went crazy yeah. hard it was just a fast right. hard pace for a long time yeah. and and, and you got to know, no, no easy rounds. Each each yeah. round is going to be a tough one. But, you know, with, with that being said, I think putting yourself in that environment for too long can can oh, yeah. can disrupt your uh, pro progression as well. Because, and uh, confidence. And confidence, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, just a, a quick example for me, I used to be a strangling son of a gun. If I got your back, it was done. It was over. And uh, I, I missed... I kind of gassed myself in a fight, and then I moved out to American Top Team, and I can't rear naked choke anybody there. All these guys are so good, so that became that that like it's it's like a fossil right. of my game that's still it's still here, but it's not because I've gotten away from it. And I, I got away from it because the guys that I was going with on a daily basis were too difficult to choke, and obviously you want to progress so that you can choke those guys, but. We, we you all need the guys in between as well. The though. guys Have in to. between. It's Have so to. important yeah. it, because iron does sharpen iron. 
Sure. But if we're swords and we're battling each other, if you take two swords and bang them into each other, are we sharper or are we duller? Yeah. We're more dull. For sure. Yeah. So For to, sure. what the, the thing that actually sharpens you is a white belt. Yeah. And, and you do need those tough rounds. You need to put yourself in that tough environment. But there is a point of diminishing return. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah. Those, those off rounds are the ones you actually improve in and exactly. get to do all the stuff that you've been working on that's not working on that guy yet, but it's just kind of got to inch your way through and, it. and work on your pace. And, you know, yeah. you should be able to, like, break up tempo and slow things down i go with brandon moreno the pace is here my next round it's a different guy right different puzzle the pace is here and and it, it, it's good putting yourself in that environment but i would say lucas is probably a stud he's gotten good here with you on these mats and yeah. uh you'd be surprised 15 minutes go out there take out anybody yeah, yeah uh, he, o- over again, a, he trains with bryce mitchell all the time and they are dead even really I mean, they are dead even that's incredible. if anything Lou gets his back, you know, yeah. uh, can't sub him. Hmm. You know, he's, he's very difficult to tap, um, but, you know, he's, he's improved since the first day we went out there. Um, so now, you know, it's been such a huge improvement. But, yeah. And Bryce is a stud, man. Bryce yeah, is, is so difficult to deal with. He's, he's hay bale strong. Yeah, you know, no one knows how strong he is. He doesn't look it, but he is so strong. I've, I grew up with guys like Bryce. Yeah. I, know, I know that hay bale strength. <laughs> I, I understand it. And, I'm so impressed by Bryce. Uh, just he, what, what, a, what a rise he's had. Jeez. He told me what he was gonna do to. He's hilarious to too. Barboza, and I was like, "Are, are you sure?" That's yep. He goes, "I'm gonna switch and fight him southpaw." I've never fought southpaw. And I was like, "Oh, so you're gonna try it on him?" <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great idea. I'm gonna hit him. I'm gonna knock him down. I'm gonna take him down. I'm gonna, you know, and I was like, "Sure enough, man." Within two minutes, he sat him on his butt with a left hand. I was like, "Holy crap!" You know. And then it's Barbosa. Yeah. I know it was Barbosa and I just sat there I was like Ten there's seven no him. way this is happening. Yeah. What a performance. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what Bryce does next. I think the kid's got it all. You know, I mean, he's calling out the top 2 guys right now yeah. as soon as that fight was over this week and he was calling out Volkanovski and Max. When when you have that type of grappling acumen too, he's a tough matchup. Like you think yeah. about who's and there's there's probably somebody who can stifle that grappling somewhat, but he can wrestle too. Can. I mean, and he's not He's not wrestling like a like a all American wrestler. You can tell, but no, he wrestled three years in high school. He believes in it. Oh, yeah. He goes for it and he scores. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's impressive. So back to the Ultimate Fighter. Got got through that. It was difficult. Yeah, obviously. Um, six weeks. You're sharing a room with with guys. You don't have any communication with anybody. You get out of that. And how long is it before you fought? You fought on the finale, right? I fought on the finale, but I got offered the finale fight six days before the finale. Oh, and I fought Rob Font on six days' notice. And honestly, I was like 150. I had to cut weight. It, it, was, it, was a, it wasn't that difficult because I was so nervous that the weight came <laughs> off pretty easily. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was not a – you know, your, your moment you get signed by the UFC, you expect uh, confetti to fall from the sky right. and it to be a special moment. And it really wasn't. In fact, it was more like – Wait, I gotta fight Rob Font. Didn't get a chance to this celebrate the fact. This is ridiculous. Six days. All right, I'll see y'all there. Did and he have another fight that fell out or something? Or yeah, I can't remember who he was supposed to fight, right. but it fell through. And Rob's it, tough, man. Yeah, he's tough. It ended up being me, and uh, had had good moments against him. I, I was competitive. I'm. Uh, 
he was he was really big. We checked in. I was gonna say, did he move up or were you fighting up? I was fighting up. I fought at thirty five okay. for this one, and and when when we checked in the next day, I don't I have no idea why it was this way, but we checked in right next to each other, and I stepped on the scale. I weighed like one forty two. He stepped on the scale next to me. He was one sixty three. I was holy like, smokes. holy cow, this guy is massive. <laughs> And I remember facing off with him, and his hand was as big as my head. I was like, "This is a this is a scary one." But competitive, like I said, I I went out there, scrapped, did my best, got knocked out in the first, but tried my best. Yeah, him and him and Cater kind of trained in the same area out there, yep. and they're both you know gangsters. Yeah, tough. solid. I, I would say up and comers, but they're not really up and comers yeah. anymore. But they they're yeah they're. They're both solid. Established at this point. Yeah. I like watching them fight. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, and then to watch what Max did, does to Cater, I was just like, holy smokes. And then to see what really Volkanovski happened? did to Max this weekend, I was like, what? Man, he stepped up a, huh, yeah. a different level this He's time. He's on another planet. It was wild to watch that. Somebody out there can get him. Maybe it's Bryce Mitchell. He, I mean, If he gets him to the ground, he <laughs> yeah. could, you know? Yeah. It, it's wild, but he, he didn't wait. I think two minutes into that fight, two and a half minutes into that fight, Volkanovski starts saying, I'm faster this time. I'm faster than you. You know, you can't handle my yep. speed. And he was, he, was, he was accurate. He was correct. And then he was landing, and Max was, you know, not reaching him. He was in and out covering distance so well with that left, right, or right, left. And I was just like, wow. Like, he was impressive looking. Really impressive. And, and Max had such a great performance in the last one, so I thought that, I thought that Max was going to get him this time. And I like Max, so maybe a part of me was being a little bit biased. But yeah, good on Volkanovski. He's especially for the, you know, he's limited as far as his stature is concerned. And uh, but he puts he puts those things to use. Though he was the much shorter fighter, he was fighting longer. Yeah. He was, oh yeah. He was landing from distance, and and that stuff's I mean so impressive. He, he talks about moving to fifty five, but he's so short. Even at forty five, at fifty five, uh, he'll be really short. You know, and but he does cover the distance well and use range well. Just 55 is another like where are you going to go when you're when you're that guy? You're not going to jump in and get number 10. Right, you're right. You're going to be right there. He's going to fight Poirier. Yeah, and it's like I mean that's a, that's a tough one, but I'll watch. I'll tune in. Oh, for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. So obviously you fought a lot of really good guys in the UFC. This is your 12th coming up. Um, you had three cancellations with Alex Perez. I think it was five by the time it was all oh, said really? and done because we both it just got shows COVID. three in a row right now yeah we we both got covid too uh like we were supposed to fight maybe he got covid then then they moved it then i was we were supposed to fight again then i got covid and then was the last one was it your heart thing so yeah so and and then we had the one where we weighed in or i weighed in made weight i'm sitting in the back and the Nevada State Athletic Commission uh, EMT comes up and starts kind of like checking on me. And everything was fine. But then, then, a, then a doctor comes over, puts his fingers to my neck, tells me to stand up, says my heart rate shoots to the sky, and then cancels the fight. It, honestly, the craziest thing yeah, I've ever been I, a part when of. When I was hearing about that, and then I think I talked to you about it for a second, that was wild that uh, – First of all, it's so dumb that they do the doctor thing right after right the after. cut. Ridiculous. You know, Bellator just this last fight moved it to after the mock, which was three hours later. Makes so Way much better. Sense. Yeah. But but and and I believe it had to do with what happened with you because I had a conversation with somebody out there. But to do it right then, like of course 
your heart is racing. Yeah. You know, of course. And, and not only that, but I didn't go looking for medical attention. They, I, I sat down in the back. I wasn't feeling good. I had a hard cut, but I made the dang weight. Wow. I made the mark. And all I, all I did was ask if I could sit in the back. I'm sitting in the back, uh, trying, trying to get like my fluids kind of, they're making me queasy. So I don't want to take them down too quick. Right. And, and then I asked for like a cup of ice water and that you can't do that. You can't drink ice water when you're all drawn out right. and because it just makes you shiver. And right. so it turned into, I mean, it, it was an ordeal and I have to take some responsibility for it because I should have just kept it moving. There was no reason for me to sit down in the back. I wasn't feeling great, but hindsight being what it was, I should have just kept it moving and it would have been fine. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a strange one. And then, and then, then we had the mishap where we were fighting, supposed to fight in Houston. I made weight. He missed weight by two pounds. And this, this was only, I think this was eight weeks after I had made weight and we had had to push it. Cause like they wanted us to That's go the next weekend. It, it, it was a quick turnaround, especially next weekend? for a hard cut. Yeah, they wanted us to go the next week. Could they count that as the weigh-in? <laughs> I know, I, and that, that's the thing. It was like, hey, we can do that, but I don't know. It's going to be tough, but I could have made it the next weekend. Then they wanted to do it like five weeks later. I could have made weight, but the whole thing was Alex was like, I can't make weight. So we pushed it back 10 weeks from the original date where I weighed in and had the mishap, and then he came up uh, two pounds heavy. And it wasn't even him coming in heavy that really had me most disgruntled this the second time around. It was the fact that he weighed in before I did. You know, I was upstairs cutting point four to make weight, right. and he weighed in, and I was already hydrating by the time that I come back down and and uh, cut again. So yeah, we kind of pitched it back and forth between the team, and decided that it, it wasn't so he the best missed move. and was hydrating, wasn't trying to to get it off. Yeah, wasn't trying uh. to get it off. And and I understand when you get to a point where it's like I'm I'm not cutting anymore, and you know I'm I'm big too. Uh, weight's always hard to make, but if I'm gonna miss weight, I'm showing up at eleven. I'm right. showing in at the I'm showing up at the last moment, even if it's just a, a, a like even if I didn't rot in the sauna that whole right. time. That's Go just ahead. a show of goodwill. Sure. sure, I tried till the end. Thank you very much. And yeah, what do you walk at? Who about 150 pounds, about 150 pounds. So 25. Yeah, but the, the you know I'm I'm bringing it down. Uh, this weekend I hit 141, and typically I've been looking to wake up under 140. That's when I know I'm there. But here over the last six months or so, I I don't get that small anymore. I'm I'm lucky to wake up 145. What do you do in water? Water water as much as I can. I mean, what do you cut in water at the end? Uh, this last time I woke up at 1:33 on on cut day. Okay. So that, and we sweat off. At, and this is what I did this last time. That was such a game changer. And I had been skipping out on it because I'd had, I'd had bad luck with like trying to cut a little, then trying to cut the rest. Sometimes my body would hold on to it. But I think I've gotten myself and my nutrition in, in a way where I'm I'm gonna keep sweating. So this last time I broke a sweat at noon. I woke up at like 133, probably sipped on to 134, left left my noon sweat at like 130, and then then just cut three that night, and it was so much better, so much easier, so nice. much more manageable. Nice. How how long you run your camps? Ideally, I'd, I'd like eight weeks to get prepared, but I'm always training. I'm one of these guys that tries to stay busy. Right. But you you can't you can't be getting ready for a fight year round. 
Right. But I feel like here over the last year and a half or so, that's what, you've been doing. That's what I've been doing, yeah, <clears throat> getting ready for fights. The guy you've got coming up, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. I'll let you do it. Sumuderji. 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 Fighting out of where? He is Tibetan. Tibetan. But I think he trains uh, with the Chinese uh, PI, maybe. Okay. He probably has connections over there. He's bounced around. I've seen him I've seen him at Alpha Male before. I've seen him at American Top Team. Uh, talented kid, really good striker, sharp, if, young. If MMA math works for you, you submitted Lewis Smoka. Lewis submitted him. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I wish it were that easy. Why even Isn't fight it? the fight? Isn't Send it? me the second check. Let's <laughs> let's just get this over with. No. Uh, that that's that's the plan though. I will say he has made a lot of strides with his takedown defense. He's he's a wily little scrappy mofo. Yeah. It's it's gonna be it's not gonna be an easy one. If I if I'm able to ground him, which who knows? If if I'm out there kickboxing with him, doing okay, it might just be 15 minutes of kickboxing. But it might not, too. Because <laughs> I think I could close the distance, maybe maybe uh, string him up. But you have the advantage on the ground for sure. I yeah. would think so. Yeah. He, he does look like he's scrappy. He does look athletic. And he's big. He's big for flyweight. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. He's coming off of a layoff. I think he tore his ACL. But, uh, you know, probably been working with the PI. It's not like he skipped a beat. He's, he's going right. to come back just, just fine, maybe stronger. Maybe bigger. Who knows? So I'm expecting. Uh, I'm expecting his best. I think. I think he's worthy. Number twelve, currently in the world, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. But I think I'm gonna get it done. Have you trained the PI? I have. What do you think? There's there's people that are actually spinning their camps there now, huh? Yeah, and and they they're bouncing between like uh, extreme couture, and then they'll kind of go and do a couple things at at the PI. Got it, it. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice. Uh, I think it's I think it's great. I think what the UFC has done with everything. When when they first were talking about the PI, I was just like, man, pay, just pay me more money. I would prefer that. <laughs> but then after seeing it and it being around for a long time, and they've made a lot of strides, and they're actually doing real work as far as like figuring out how to how to make us better and perform the absolute best, and they right. work on our nutrition. Every time we go to a UFC event. But, you know, from the time I land until I weigh in, I have somebody checking on me, checking my food, uh, ma making sure that we're going to be okay. And, and since I am a little bit on the big side, I think they're always kind of looking at me like, is this guy going to make weight? Right. But I will. I'm going to make it. Uh, they, yeah, they got a way now. They're telling people what weight they can make, right? Like, if you want, you can make 35 if you're a 45-er. Yeah. Um, I, I forget who they just did that with, a girl and uh, they tested her to see, you know, what she could possibly get down to, mm -hmm. and she was able to drop a weight class because of that. And I think Misha just did that too. That's why she was going to 25. But going down a weight class, is, yeah, it's always tough. <laughs> hey, I couldn't do it. There's not a weight class below yeah. me, fortunately. And I think I'm. I think if they did run those tests on me, they would see like this kid. Tell you you're a 35er. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and that's how I feel. If you're any bigger than me at this weight class, you're too big. Yeah. So, and because of that, I do not mind fighting the bigger guys because of the cost it takes for them to make weight. Right. And if you make that mark, I'm gonna clip that chin, and that's how I've always felt. That's how I felt with Alex Perez. Like, yeah, this guy's got the advantage. He's a great grappler. He's a great wrestler. He swings hard, but this dude's huge. Right. You have to hit that mark. You hit that mark, I'm gonna find that chin. Bing. Yeah, and and those we we know when 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 you when it costs a little bit more, those last two pounds oh, yeah. makes you a little chinny. Well, that's why it's when people 
like he missed by two pounds, you know, we didn't cut that last two pounds. That takes that edge away. You know, that that's the hardest part. We all know the last two pounds. Those are the ones that count. Yeah. Those are the ones that hurt. Sure. So, so, uh, after this fight, you know, you get through this fight and, and, you know, anything, anything next? I, I'm having, plans? I'm having my second child in January. Oh boy. So my wife is pregnant right now. So I would like to stay busy. I'd, I'd like to fight again before the year's end. And I've got a name in mind, but we, we just got to get through this first guy first, <laughs> and, and then we'll get on that microphone, and I'll call my shot. Uh, but, yeah. Where are you right first. now? I think I'm ranked number nine. Nine? Okay. And I've deal. kind of been stuck at nine for a couple of years and, and tried to, you know, had an opportunity this last time, fought number four, came close, had him close to get, you know, close to getting him out of there and just wasn't able to do it and uh, just, had, just had a lapse in judgment. And I'm – I'm a grappler, you know, I can I can shake off a guillotine. Right. But uh, sometimes you get snagged up and it happens like that. It's been eating at me. I, I just, uh, I want to get back out there and get a W more than anything. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd go out there and, and make it an ugly fight. And if, as long as we get the dub, I'm, I'm good with it. Sure. I just want to get the win. Speaking of guillotines, what would you think of Cerrone? Tough one. Yeah. Tough they're both one. so good on the ground. It was both crazy so good on the ground. Tapped. He hadn't been tapped since 2010. And and last did he submit? Did he submit Jim Miller no, the last head time? Kick, head head kick. kicked him. Yeah, Cerrone can grapple. Oh, he can. Yeah, some sometimes you know Jim Miller, like he said, he locks in. And I'm not quite there with my guillotine. Where he said at the end of it, he was like, "I can do that in my sleep." Once I got my hands together, I knew it was done. Yeah, my guillotine's pretty good, but I haven't quite turned that corner to where it's like it's it's over with when I get it locked in. Yeah, it was. It was uh, crazy to see. He actually reached across all the way through to the tricep and then reached his other hand through. Yeah. So I wasn't even sure what his grip was yeah. under there because it wasn't like a 10-finger. Mm -hmm. And an arm-in guillotine, if the arm's not across, it's pretty hard to finish. Yeah. And, and he was, it was pretty quick to tap. And I was like, dang, I wish I'd see his grip under right. there. And it was weird because his hand was a lot deeper. And, yeah, it's deeper. Because yeah. I like to hide. I do the arm-in guillotine, too. And I like to almost hide my hand between your shoulder, like both my hands – the arm will come through the 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 underarm here, and I'll, I'll like hide them up here. Right. And when I can get them locked up there, I, I know I've got it too. But it's hard to to get it up there. But yeah, he had a weird grip. It was it was far across. Some some cool stuff has been happening. How about yeah. how about the the rear naked choke that uh, who was that? My guy from American Top Team. What it looked like. He, he had the grip like this, and he reached around with this arm to reinforce it. So he, he had this hand in and reached around. Uh, Tiago Moises Okay. Did oh, it. yeah, he's good. And it, was, good. it was wild. I've, I've been playing with it. You know, I can't quite get I, I need I need a little seminar from Tiago Moises, but I like it. <laughs> Luke does an, uh, your regular arm triangle, and instead of going to your head, he – turns them on their side and catches their tricep that's across and folds it further across it is it is so so tight i thought for sure that's how this last fight was going to end because he did it to so many people in the camp yeah. and and the guy you know turned his back so he didn't get it but uh he'll, it, get, it, he'll get it one day yeah for sure it was it was it, it was like uh every single round someone was getting stuck in it. I was like, mm. man, that is a nice adjustment. Yeah. And, it, and once it was on, it was so tight. He must be able to do it because he's got long arms and he can kind of. Yeah, he's lanky. It's, it's just cool what people can do and how, how it's all changing. Uh, it's definitely neat. So last thing, you were talking about your number nine, been there for a couple years. Cowboy and Jim Miller tied at 
23. They were tied at 23 wins, which was the most in UFC history. Neither one of them ever been champ. That, to me, that shows the grind underneath the champ, right? Like, how many guys are doing that, recycling, fighting, you know, you lose one, you're back two, three fights. Yep. You know, you get back there again and you lose. And, and unless you're the guy who's, who's Khabib, Usman, the guys that are just hanging out at number one, number two, you know, they're right there all the time, it is such a, a escalator that kind of slips, you know, and it's constant. And I don't think people get it, you know. If you were to ask somebody, you know, or, or tell a, a normal fan, this guy has the most wins in UFC history, they'd be like, oh, how many times has been champ? Never. I don't think Jim Miller's ever even fought for the belt. Uh, Cowboy has, I believe, but mm-hmm. but but Jim times. hasn't. Yeah. yeah, and and it's just crazy to think that uh, the guys who are at the title at the moment in most of the weight classes are so dominant. You know, and and uh, how Khabib was, how now Volkanovski, and even Volkanovski and Max. You know, below them, they they kind of run through those guys mm-hmm. already, and and uh, only a couple weight classes is the is the belt kind of back and forth kind of with Moreno and Figueredo right now yeah. you know those guys are kind of like Volk and, and Max but it's just such a such a grind that people don't understand it really that, is that and it's what also sucks about the judges like yeah. if you get a bad call on a judge on, on a on a fight that guy just sets you back half your purse and two fights yep you know, yeah. and and it's off based off a dude's opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so often we don't we don't realize how cl- how close those fights were, and guys go on great runs and, and they become champions, and then you think, well, there was that one split decision in right. there that could have gone the other way, and right. if it had, Jim Miller might have fought for a title here right. or there. Yeah, yeah it, it really is a grind, and and I I think it's such a I, I love fighting so much because there's so many ways to get it done and to pave your way and to have a career. And, and a guy like Jim Miller, he's he's not a household name, but he's a legend, and he should be and will be one day sure. a UFC Hall of Famer. Oh, he better be. And, and, and rightfully <laughs> so. And a guy that never got the title but still was able to etch out a Hall of Fame career. And I look up to guys like that. I would like to make a title run, but I'd be okay with – being Jim Miller too, sure, God dang of course, it all the heck. Yeah. And, and let, let's just keep on fighting, keep on making money. I'm gonna go out there and do my absolute best every single time, and uh, I, I think I think we're gonna stick around for the for the long haul here. Sure, awesome. Was well, awesome to have you on, man. It was awesome to meet you in person. I yeah. can't wait to to watch your fight next week, and uh, hopefully get you back on here a little bit after. Absolutely, that. Uh, I'm I'm serious. I'll come through and train. Uh, cool. I guess Lucas is a strangler. I guess I'll have to come and get smashed by Lucas <laughs> he does a little choke bit. A lot of yeah, people. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. I'm a, I'm a fast learner He's myself. He's big too. He walks at like 75, 78, <laughs> yeah. and, and fights at 45. Maybe we'll just get like some some flow rounds. <laughs> They're flow rounds until I get a good spot, and then I'm gonna go there all you out. Go. Yeah. He's like, let's go easy. <laughs> Got <Awesome>. him. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yes, appreciate sir. It. Nice to meet you finally, and I appreciate you having me. And this was fun. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It is all over. Just like that.